Welcome to the Glow Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Sun. I'm a lifestyle YouTuber and health and wellness enthusiast. This is where we will have raw and unfiltered conversations around wellness, self-care, astrology, relationships, and career. Join me and be empowered to become your best self mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's time to manifest your dream life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Glow Radio, episode 79. Today, we have a very, very exciting guest, Samantha Gladys. She has her own podcast. The Healthy Hormones for Women. I've been listening to her podcast, I think, probably for about two years now. Yeah, so I think I started listening to it even before we started the podcast. So I'm just so, so excited to have her with us today. So first, Samantha, um, how about you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background for those who don't know you? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am a holistic nutritionist. I've actually been practicing now for 15 years, uh, which has been a long time. So I, I started as I feel like most people start in this industry, they start because they have they have their own issues and symptoms and things going on. And that's kind of how it started for me. I was dealing with some digestive issues and PMS issues. And so I really wanted to just look for some natural solutions to healing that. And I was always very innately connected to like nature and nutrition. And so I was so called to just the holistic world. Um, And so, yeah, I've been practicing for for 15 years and I am kind of known as like the hormone fixer upper, uh, work with all kinds of hormone conditions and hormones obviously mean a lot of things. So I'm working with women globally and helping them either through, you know, PMS issues or PCOS or thyroid issues and menopause, weight gain. Um, that's kind of the, the areas within I, I typically work in. Um, and then on the outside of that, I also do run a business mentorship program as well, which is so exciting. I love coaching practitioners and nutritionists and other coaches to grow, build and scale their online business. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. So first question I have here. So I'm a huge believer in using your mind to heal your body And I feel like you kind of talk a little bit about this on your podcast too. And I've been struggling with histamine intolerance, which I've talked about on previous episodes. One interesting thing I've noticed is that sometimes if I'm in a good mood when I'm eating something or I'm not feeling stressed, then I tend to not have a big reaction. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, I love that. So there's this saying that one of my teachers said in um, in nutrition school, and it was something like, you're better off eating McDonald's with a friend than having a salad with an enemy. And I loved it so much because it really does go to show how much our, our mood, our emotions, just our, our relationship to our outside environment can have such an impact on our health. And so if you're eating in a really stressful, rushed state, in a very anxious state, then you're going to have a really hard time breaking down and digesting your food. So of course it's going to impact you more versus 
if you're calm and you're happy and and you send gratitude to your meal and you know you show up with this appreciation of your food then you're going to digest that very differently right and so i think there's definitely a huge connection there i love that you brought that up and i also think that you know like with my partner sometimes i talk about this a lot like he can be quite the like food Nazi we joke, we joke about. And like, sometimes, Oh, you're going to eat that. Or you're having this and you're having that. And, you know, he's definitely gotten better over the years, but you know, that also comes from his background being in like the bodybuilding world and the fitness world and all of those kind of things. Right. We all, we all kind of have our, our background and, and, um, our, our food story, we all have our food story. And so I'm sure you've experienced it being a woman and, kind of being in that headspace of like, I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. I need to be thinner. I need to be this. I need to be that. And, you know, you get to this point where you end up, at least for me, I know over the years, like restricting and restricting and being so conscious of my food and nitpicking everything and questioning everything. And as you age, you just kind of get to this point. I think just as you get older, maybe you just, for me, at least it's like just becoming so much more in tune with my body and trusting my body. And if I am going to indulge in something and enjoy something, I, I see it with love and with gratitude. And I, and I trust that my body has the resiliency to help me get through that. Amazing. I can completely relate to being a food Nazi because I used to completely <laughs> be like that. I actually, I used to be a personal trainer for a few years and I did do a couple of bikini competitions. So I definitely have a very extreme personality right. and it's taken me a long time to kind of find balance and find my intuitive eating style. So right. that kind of leads me to my next question for someone who is very extreme and struggling with finding balance but let's say they have a certain health issue where there are certain protocols that they should follow during like for their diet. Right. What would you recommend to them to help them find more balance? Like how strict should they be uh, to follow their diet? Quote unquote. Yeah, it's a good question because especially if you have this history of being super restrictive, then you know, putting somebody on a diet again, it's actually funny that you're bringing this up because I just recently had this call with this girl who has come from this bodybuilding world, fitness world, macro counting, calorie counting, being super lean. She didn't have a period for almost 10 years. Wow. And then in the past three years, she's been more lenient and more flexible and been enjoying food, but she has 25 extra pounds on her body that she just doesn't feel comfortable with. And, you know, I was on this call with her and I was like, do I have a weight loss program that can help you get 25 pounds off? Yes, but I'm not going to sell that to you. Like, no, the last thing you need is to be going through something where you're going to have to weigh your food and be conscious of, you know, your intake and what you can eat and what you can't eat because your mindset, your mentality, your emotional state plays a really big role. And I think it's so important that we start to recognize that that is a part of our health. I think when we think about our health, we just think about the weight on the scale or the food that we're eating and our movement or our exercise, but we forget about our, 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 our mental and emotional and psychological state and how that has such an impact on our overall well-being. And so 
I feel that women just need to, number one, be a lot more gentle with themselves and give themselves just more grace and that you are so much more than just a number on the scale and the food that you eat. And with that said, if you're dealing with a serious condition, disease and have symptoms, let's just get really clear on what are some of those things that will need to be changed or transformed in your day-to-day life to help to help you heal. And that doesn't mean that there needs to be restriction and deprivation involved, but let's really at least for me, you know, I work with I work with where my clients are at. And so I can really tune in to what's going to be the right plan of action for them and understanding that psychological state not to overwhelm somebody. So does that kind of answer the question? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I feel like when a lot of people think about like starting a new health program or fitness program, they tend to feel very overwhelmed. So I like that you take that approach where you kind of meet them where they're at and let them know that it's not about deprivation, but just about taking baby steps to get to their goal. Absolutely. I mean, I do so much weight loss in my practice. And so it's just so funny how I'll get on calls with clients and they're just like, uh, you know, well, this weekend I, I had this cake and this glass of wine. And it's like, I, I don't know what they think, like how I'm going to respond. And then I'm like, okay, like, was it good? Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's move on. And they're just so like, what? You know, like, that's crazy. And I'm like, it's okay. You're human. You enjoyed food. Oh my God. Like just because you had one, you know, dessert doesn't mean it's going to completely derail you now. Like now let's just recommit and get back to what our goals was and, and move forward. Like don't look back. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, again, there's, there's so much mental and emotion, emotional states caught up in, in weight loss. And we have to start making that part of the journey and part of the equation. I can relate to that so much because I feel like we're usually the ones that are the hardest on ourselves. So we keep thinking that like someone else is going to yell at us or punish us for doing something wrong in our diet. But yeah, I I love that you kind of help people through that. I feel like it's almost like I realized it's like our own past traumas that kind of condition us to feel like that's going to be the response. Absolutely. So what would you recommend if someone is, say, they have a certain food sensitivity or for someone like me who has histamine intolerance, and sometimes I get very extreme reactions like migraines, headaches, anxiety, things like that. And let's say that someone is going through that response at that moment because they ate something that triggered them. What would you recommend that they do in that moment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be different for everybody. Everybody is so biochemically different. And in that moment, if you have, you know, if you ate something that was a trigger, I think more than anything, it's just that awareness that, okay, I ate this thing and it doesn't work for me. You know, like, like that's, that's just kind of it. It's that recognition that I tried this, my body still needs time to heal. And this isn't working for me right now. So I'm going to look at what I might need to kind of do and regroup on my plan and recommit to that. And then down the road, maybe I can try to reintroduce this again. Again, it's like just giving and granting yourself that grace. 
I know often we want things to happen so much quicker and we want that healing to just, you know, happen in a week or we try the supplement or we try this diet and it's like, oh, well, I tried it for seven days and it didn't work. And it's like, we have to recognize that healing takes a long time and it's not linear and we're going to have so many bumps in the road. And if you can just acknowledge that, I think it makes the journey that much easier. Totally. I always say that healing is not linear because it's like a crazy up and down journey. I've even experienced that. I feel like just in this past year. For sure. So if someone is struggling with a bunch of health issues that are kind of connected, for example, candida, adrenal fatigue, histamine intolerance, all these kinds of things, how would you help them figure out which issue to tackle first? Yeah, that's a great question because I know it can be overwhelming when all of the symptoms are arising and all of the things and you're just like, where do I start? For me, it's always starting with like the basic foundational things that are always going to move the needle. So that is your sleep. Sleep will always move the needle. If you can rest, that's how your body heals. If you're not sleeping, you're not healing. So sleep is always going to be number one because that will have a direct impact on adrenals. Like for example, the things that you mentioned, right? Like adrenals and histamine and um, which is often linked to gut issues. Um, so having good quality sleep is gonna support those adrenals and the cortisol is gonna support your digestion, your rest and digest, right? So it's gonna improve everything, just that one thing alone. Um, also hydration. It's a simple thing, but our bodies are 70% water. And if you can just drink enough water and a lot of it, you know, all of the time, every day, that's 70% of your health right there. And so focusing on the hydration piece is going to be so key. It's important for gut health and detoxification, and that plays a role with hormone health and everything. So hydration, your sleep, joy, what are the things that are bringing you joy in your everyday life? Are you doing those? Are you making it a priority? Are you getting outside in nature? This is so key, exposing yourself to that sunlight that helps set your circadian rhythm and your sleep and your wake cycle. Like these are foundational things that no matter what you're experiencing are always going to move the needle and they are free sleep and nature and being inside and walks and doing things that bring you joy, you know, whether it's reading or writing or painting or whatever that might look like, you know, for the most part, a lot of this is cheap and cheerful and a lot of it is free. Um, so always start there. And then for me personally, you know, when I'm working with somebody, it's, it's just getting that symptom picture overall, like what do the symptoms look like? And then starting there in terms of like, what what's the worst Thing that's happening right now and the worst symptom and what is that really linked to so let's kind of start there and then also I do a lot of testing as well so that will provide me a lot of data so then I can also make um, more of a an educated plan and, and protocol in place to address what the data is showing me too so awesome I love that you mentioned sleep because that was actually one of my next questions because that was something that I struggled with for so long and now it's kind of getting a little bit better but if someone is having really bad adrenal fatigue and they're experiencing insomnia and they really want to sleep but they can't what would you suggest to them like what kind of steps would they take to overcome that 
Yeah, that's a great question. Sleep, like I said, so important. And it can be challenging when you're dealing with adrenal issues. So it's like you get this tired but wired feeling. It's like you want to go to sleep, but you're so wired, you just can't really fall asleep. And so number one, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I kind of mentioned it earlier, like going outside in nature, right? That's really key because it sets your sleep-wake cycle. So when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol rises to help you wake up. And then when you go to bed at night, your melatonin rises so that you can go to sleep. But what helps to set that cortisol and that melatonin is natural light. And many of us are just, we wake up, we're at home, we make our coffee or our breakfast, get ready for work, get in the car, drive to work, go to work. We're in an office with fluorescent light all day. And then we get back in the car, drive home, and then we go home. And like, we didn't even go outside. We didn't even expose ourselves to any sunlight. Even if it's a gray skies and rainy day, like it is here today, um, you still wanna go outside. So that exposing your eyes to the sunlight is so key. It, selts, it's, it works to set that circadian rhythm and that is gonna help improve your sleep. So basically, what you do during the day is what's going to help support your sleep at night. Um, another thing is being really conscious of like how you're winding down at night. So are you drinking wine and watching Netflix till like midnight? You know, that is not going to put your body into a parasympathetic state. Um, and often people will say like, oh, but drinking wine basically knocks me out. And yeah, it probably does. And it makes you sleepy, but it does impact how your liver is detoxing and breaking things down in the middle of the night. And so you're not actually getting that deep sleep or that REM sleep. So you're not getting good quality sleep. Passing out is very different than getting like good quality sleep. Um, so those are some tips and some strategies. Um, making sure you're going to bed before 11 p.m. is really key. Um, dimming the lights in your house at night is going to be really important as well. So you're not exposing yourself to, to bright light. Um, do the bright light during the day and right when you wake up. And then um, blackout blinds can be really helpful or just, you know, throwing a sheet over your curtains if, if you need, you know, you don't need to run out and buy blackout blinds, like there are cheap ways to do it. Um, but making sure you're sleeping in a really, really dark room with, um, with a really cool room as well, not, not high temp, warm temperatures. Thank you. I feel like uh, that will help a lot of people because I know a lot of people struggle with sleep issues so thank you so much for sharing those tips oh my pleasure so I want to shift gears a little bit here and chat a little bit about business and career and mindset so my question is in your business how do you know when something is not the right path for you for example if you get rejected like let's say you pitch a business collab and you get rejected but you really wanted that collab, do you, would you try again? Or how do you decide when to stop and move to a different direction? Yeah, that's great. I don't think anybody has actually asked me that before. So I think number one, intuitively, we are all going to sense what's right for us and what's not. And if we are forcing something, that forcing is often coming from a place of fear. And so I, I always tune into that. Am I forcing this to happen or am I naturally allowing it to work its, its own course in its right time and in its right sequence? So I think we have to have a big trust muscle that just because something doesn't work out the way that we want it right now, 
it doesn't mean that that's the end of it. It might show up in a different way and a different form a couple months later down the road. So I think that it's important that we reach out and like do collaborations and, you know, go out there and, and go after what it is we actually want, but it might not always work out the way that we plan. And I think the more we can have, again, that grace to just trust that, okay, this wasn't the right time. And now I'm going to next thing. Um, I think sometimes often that space needs to be created for the right thing to show up. Awesome. I love that. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely a very intuitive person. And I think just this year, I realized like the more I kind of let go of the control of things, the more things actually fall into place and sometimes in a completely different way than I've ever expected, but it ends up being what I wanted and what I needed. Amazing. I love that. that. Good for you. Thank you. What is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Don't give up. Keep moving forward keep moving forward and I mean I feel like there's plenty of pieces of advice stop judging yourself and just just learn how to trust learn how to trust your your intuition and and again trust that things will work out in the right time and the right sequence so how that you give us a lot What is your favorite meal and what's kind of like your day-to-day kind of eating style like? Oh, um, well, I feel like it can differ based on the seasons. That's a big one. Um, I, I definitely am drawn to more seasonal foods. So right now, you know, heading into the fall months, I'm definitely craving more like comfort food. Like I want to eat butternut squash soup and I want to make spaghetti squash and sweet potato fries and things like that. Like I'm craving more of those, well, those, those local seasonal foods. Um, it's a lot of the root vegetables. Um, and then, you know, come in the like colder spring, summer months, um, or sorry, like warmer summer months. Um, that's where I'm craving more things like cold foods and salads. Like I actually have a hard time going to my fridge right now and wanting to make like a cold salad like make us I just I'd rather eat roasted vegetables or sauteed veggies or something like that um yeah so I definitely feel in terms of my eating style it could be it could be very seasonal and outside of that like from day to day it's pretty simple I I follow you know what I talk about basically in my book protein fat and fiber so I'm always eating uh, making sure I'm having good protein at each meal lots of healthy fats throughout the day and fiber from a variety of vegetables. So I'm always making sure that I'm doing that. And then when it comes to any sort of carbohydrates, I typically will reach for, like I said, more of those squashes, um, or I might do like a gluten-free pasta or something like that. So, um, or maybe like a little bit of rice here and there. It's again, it's super intuitive. Like, what am I feeling? I, that's what I go and I eat and nothing is off limits for me. I can eat whatever I want. I choose to eat whatever I want when I want. It's just that I know what makes me thrive. I know what makes me feel good. And I am I crave delicious, healthy food. I crave that because I know how it makes me feel. So if I want to go have a piece of chocolate at night, I'll, I'll go have a piece of chocolate at night, right? Um, and uh, if yeah, I love to bake. 
you've been following me on Instagram, you've probably seen there's a lot of baking recipes there. It's just such a creative outlet for me. So I always love to bake. And um, yeah, it's just tuning in to how do I want to feel? What are the foods that make me thrive? And those are the foods that, that I pretty much naturally reach for. Awesome. Do you have, let's say, how do I put this? Like, let's say you spend some time indulging. Let's say you go on vacation or something like that. How do you kind of reset after or do you ever feel like you need to do that? You know what? Often I don't. Like when I, for example, we went to Italy to and uh, we were supposed to be there in September this year for our honeymoon, but that didn't work. You know, that didn't happen because of the pandemic. Oh. Um, but, you know, in Italy, when we went two years ago, I was literally walking like 25,000 steps a day. But I ate all of the things. I ate whatever I wanted. And again, I had this healthy balance. Like, I know if I ate pizza all day long, like, I am going to feel full and lethargic. And I'm going to crave the, the, you know, the salads and the healthy food. So it was just a healthy balance of how can I still indulge and eat the food that I want and making sure to include the foods that are also going to make me feel really good and, and make me thrive. So I never, maybe in my twenties, I would go away and like party and eat all the things and drink and all of that. But you know, now, especially as I got older, like I, it's just what I value most, you know, and, and I value feeling good and I value my sleep. And when I go away now, like, I don't drink. I, I don't even drink at home. I, I rarely drink alcohol. And so when I go away, I'm still conscious of, of moving my body, eating well, hydrating, sleeping well. And so when I come back, I don't feel like, oh, I need to reset or anything like that. Uh, I, I'm just grateful the experience that I got. I recognize that I was in Italy. So yeah, I drank more espressos and ate more croissants and <laughs> had more pizza than I typically do. And now, and now it's back to my routine. Um, so I, I don't ever feel like there's this need to, cause I know some women get into that mindset of like, they need to, like, it's a punishment now. Right. And now they have to like detox or it's this punishment that they, they have to get back on track and, and no, it, it doesn't need to be that way. Awesome. Pasta is one of my favorite dishes. So hearing you I love talk it. about that just makes me. <laughs> what is your favorite way to de-stress? or wind down? Yeah, so I love being outside in nature. I do not love the cold winter months. So I know like my walking might be a little bit less <laughs> over these next few months than it is in the summer. Um, but I do have a dog. So, you know, there's a responsibility to go outside and walk her every day. Um, so I just, I love being in nature. I always feel so good when I'm outside. Um, even just like yesterday, for example, I had a really long day at the computer and sitting down. And at the end of the day, like all I wanted to do was just move my body and walk and get outside. And it was just such a great way to kind of reset and recalibrate my body. So being in nature for sure and hiking and just being outside. Um, and then honestly, some nights it's just like watching a good movie, like making, I don't know, like a turmeric elixir or something or a hot chocolate and just watching a really good movie and like getting sort of like taken out of my own head and, and um, you know, movies and TV shows and things like that can, can really kind of transport you to somewhere else. And, and sometimes that's, that's, that can be a good thing. Right. But I feel like sometimes there can be a fine line of just like 
using that as the way to always unwind. Um, but yeah, like just a good movie, a hot bath. Um, and yeah, and, and nature, those are probably my go-tos. I'm a big bath person. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned like movies and stuff because the other day I almost had this craving to watch like planet earth like oh. an ocean version <laughs> that's awesome it was so weird but I was just telling my roommate my best friend I was like I want to watch planet earth tonight. and did you yeah we we found um another show on Netflix the octopus teacher oh, yes okay I like the preview of it brought tears to my eyes and I was like I don't know if I can handle watching this it was definitely super emotional, but I loved it. Good to know. So I might not. Like, I have this thing with if I watch anything with, like, animals or anything in it, I'm like, no, I won't be able to handle watching them, like, die or something happen to them, and I just, I can't do it. So there's a lot of movies that my partner wants to watch, and we just don't because I can't. <laughs> like, you got to watch them on your own. Oh, that's so funny. So I mentioned to you before we started recording here that I'm a huge astrology nerd and I saw that you did do a few podcast episodes on astrology too. So I was curious to ask you, what is your astrology sign and do you resonate with it at all? Yeah, I do. So I'm a Taurus. My birthday is May 4th and so I'm an earth sign and Oh, I definitely resonate with my sign. I feel like I'm very true to my sign. So stubborn, <laughs> uh, definitely stubborn. Um, Tauruses are typically known to be very into like materialistic things and materialism. And I would say like definitely growing up, you know, just like being a young girl and, oh, I got to wear brand names and things like that for sure. But as I've gotten older, that just does not matter to me at all. I could care less about anything materialistic. However, I, I really do value quality. So I often find the things that I do love the most always end up being the most expensive thing. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that's materialistic. It's just, I do, I do really value like quality and I love to invest in, in, things or pieces that are it's going to last me a really long time and um and it's going to really like you know serve me so um so yeah I feel like I'm really true to my sign an earth sign between nature and the water and all of it connection to like the sun the moon like I just feel so connected to all of it so yeah I, I definitely resonate with my sign amazing I know that Tauruses really love like the five senses so they love like food that tastes good they love different textures and things like that yeah it's so true it's so true like even with clothes it's just like how it feels or it's so soft or you know like that can often be a driving factor for like buying something um and it probably explains a lot of why I spend a lot of time in the kitchen cooking and baking because I, I love, I, it's true, like you said, the senses and the taste and the smell and, and also being able to create something from scratch in that creative process. Yeah, I really love it. So what is your sign? I'm a Pisces. Awesome. Well, I think that's my rising sign. Ooh. Yeah. Do you know what your moon is? I forget. I forget that one. I'm pretty sure Pisces is my rising, which when I read my Taurus horoscope, Apparently, I'm supposed to read my Pisces as well because mm -hmm. that's important, and I often forget to do that. So, yeah, Pisces are very 
emotional <laughs> and very how do I explain it like very compassionate creative I feel like I do relate to it a lot That's my awesome. moon and my rising sign are both Virgo ah, okay which is like the opposite of Pisces so I feel like there's this inner battle in me a lot of the time sure. and Virgo is like a very earth sign so they're like practical logical whereas like the Pisces is the dreamy one always wanting to be free it's a lot <laughs> awesome I love that no I'm gonna definitely have to look into my into my moon sign totally another one you should check out is your midheaven sign I don't know if you've heard of that before yeah. oh tell me more so your midheaven is your 10th house and it has to do with your career and your reputation. Okay. Mine is in Taurus, so I feel like I can relate to you a lot. Amazing. Like in my career sense, it's more um, stable, persistent, and also I really enjoy quality, luxuries, like all that stuff, self-care. I can see that a lot in my career setting. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to look into all that. Or I might need your help like, helping me figure it all out. For sure. I'm always open to talking about it. I feel like I can talk about it for hours. Amazing. Okay, good to know. Awesome. So where can everyone find you online? What's your website and your handles, everything? Yeah, so you can go to my website, holisticwellness.ca. Tons of amazing uh, information there with recipes. If you're looking for gluten-free, grain-free recipes, if you are looking to tune into the podcast, everything is there that you can find. Um, even to grab my book, The 30-Day Hormone Solution, that is all there on the website so you can learn more there. And then I love hanging out on Instagram because I'm so visual, love posting food photos. Um, and there's just tons of content there that you can follow me if you're looking for anything uh, in relation to like hormones or weight loss or food related. Um, you can find me there at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And uh, I do have a business account too, which is at Samantha underscore Gladish for anybody that wants to dive into uh, anything business related and online marketing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. That's all the questions I had. It was so much fun chatting with you. It's so cool to be chatting with you after listening to your podcast for so long. It my mind when things like this happen. Love it. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I so appreciate you inviting me on.